This is the mission. Destroy the axis of evil. Low self-esteem, lack of knowledge, and loser mentality. Finally! Finally! Operation in progress. Securing perimeter. Unlimited, the soldier for higher thinking. We are at war! war, war. I thought I told you! Victory Unlimited! I am Victory Unlimited, and this is the Victory Unlimited show. The only show that keeps the agony of defeat on the run, because we are always outnumbered, but we're never outgunned. So let's go. Victory Unlimited. Hey, VU, this is Samson holding it down strong for you and the troops over here in Oak Town. Love the show. I had a question for you that I believe a lot of guys have. Why do some women want to bring a friend on the day with them when you ask them out? I've had this happen at least three times within the past couple of months. Now, I wouldn't call this a new epidemic or anything, but whenever I talk to other guys, most of them have said that they've had this happening to them more often recently too. Right now, I'm still a med student and I'm in the middle of my internship which keeps me very, very busy, of course. So my time is at a premium even more now than it used to be. So when I'm out here making dates, trying to get to know somebody for a little romance, the last thing I want to be out here doing is wasting my time out here pursuing women who are more interested in hanging out with their friends than they are in dating. So again, victory. Why do women want to bring their friends with them on a date? Yo, Samson, or should I say Doc Samson, thanks for emailing your question. This whole thing about women bringing a friend with them out on a date is nothing new, but it has picked up a little since we entered the age of meeting folks through online dating websites and mobile apps and social media sites, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But to answer your question. Yeah, there may be more, but for my estimation, there's usually about five reasons why a woman would bring another woman with her out on a date with you. Reason number one, she's bringing another woman with her on the date because she has a platonic agenda. She's not interested in you romantically and she's not into you sexually. A woman like this brings her friend with her out on a date with you to act as a romance nullifier. What is a romance nullifier? A romance nullifier is just that. Anything or anyone whose sole purpose or goal is to eliminate the possibility of the formation of any, any romantic connection between two people by any means necessary. Yes, that's what a romance nullifier is and does. So if you're thinking about getting together with the woman you invited on the date, well, guess what? It ain't happening. Because the chick you invited on the date is going to use the woman that she invited on the date as a blocker. That second woman might as well be Captain America's shield as far as you're concerned. Because you better believe that the only reason she's there 
is to block whatever romantic or sexual advance you try to make on the woman that you first invited out on that date. That's right. The mighty Thor will certainly not be throwing his hammer tonight. So in other words, it doesn't matter whether that secondary friend chick's actual name is Karen or Daphne, uh, Camilla or, or Pam. At the end of the day, her name might as well be Chastity because the only reason she's there is to lock her up and lock you out, my man. The number two reason why a woman would bring a friend out on a date with you is as a security precaution for safety and for comfort. But the problem with this is that your mission on this date is not just to make her comfortable, but to generate some attraction. And that's hard to do when you're being chaperoned by her personal security guard. And women who do this will generally play up the safety aspect to such an extent, to such a degree, that it can make you wind up feeling like public enemy number one, and for no good reason. But here's my point of view. If you ask a woman out, and she still claims to be too afraid to drive in separate cars to go to a public place and meet you in broad daylight for a lunch date, then either you really do give off a potential rapist slash serial killer vibe or or this chick has some real issues that will probably take a clinically trained mental and emotional health professional to help her work through. And that's not you. The third reason why a woman would take a friend with her out on a date with you is because she wants to turn it into a vanity affair. What I mean by that is that she just wants to turn your date into an exercise in ego stroking for her. She wants to be able to say to her friend, see, look who I got. Look at the caliber of guy I can pull. But, but she wants to be able to say it without really verbally saying it. You feel me? So basically, uh, so basically a woman who does this does it because she wants to show out by showing you off to her friend to impress her or even better to make that particular friend jealous. The fourth reason why you might be hit with a surprise. Hey, I brought my friend on our date to meet you scenario is because that friend is there to act as a value appraiser. That's right. They bring their friend out on the date with the two of you in order to give their friend a chance to check you out, to be their own personal romantic advisor by giving them the power to act as judge, jury, and executioner of whatever possible romance the two of you might could have. Women like this do this because they're on the fence about your ass. They're 50-50 about you. There are things they like about you and things they don't. So they're not quite sure. So that's why they invited their friend out on the date with you, too. So she can check out how you act, how you talk, how you dress, how much money you spend, how much, quote unquote, swag you got, etc. Then after the date, they'll dismiss your ass and have a post date dude wrap up discussion where they or I should say mostly your date's girlfriend will give you either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Now, how does that sound? Doesn't that sound like a, a wonderful date night? Doesn't that sound like a great way for a single man to spend his time and money? I think not. Because, because if you start off dating a woman who already can't make up her own mind, chances are, chances are she'll be making all of her other decisions about you by committee too. 
I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of times some dates like this can come across as nothing more than a job interview, which is bad enough. But now here you are in a situation where you're out with some chick who's had the nerve to turn even that job interview into a dang panel interview on top of that. Who who needs that? Certainly not you, I hope. <laughs> I can guarantee you there are some other guys out there right now who are excited about going out with a lady who, unbeknownst to them, is also just as excited about surprising them on the date by bringing a friend. Which brings me to a point I want to make for clarification. As I mentioned, there are probably, what, five main reasons why women do this, why women bring a friend out on a date with them. And although I've already gave you four, before I give you this, this last one, let's quickly talk about how these guest date invitations occur. You got two scenarios. Number one, either the chick will surprise you by telling you or asking you about bringing a friend on your date slightly just before the date or just showing up on the date with the friend. Or scenario number two, they'll actually give you a lot, a lot of lead time, even days before your date that they want to bring a friend with them out on the date. I can tell you right now that scenario number one happens more frequently than scenario number two. So let's talk about scenario number two, when a chick actually tells you ahead of time that she wants to bring her friend with her on the next date with you, which brings us to the overall reason number five. The fifth reason why a woman would bring a friend out on a date with you is to act as a network expander. That's right. Here's what I mean. When a woman really, really likes you, she also eventually really wants you to be friends with her friends and for her friends to be friends with you. Now, before you think this is super strange, consider this. This goes all the way back to grade school. When as little kids, it was always cooler when everybody we liked liked each other. So in this case, bringing a friend on a date could be a compliment to you. Because when women are trying to bring both you and her friends all into her close inner circle, they usually do this by hooking everybody up on a double date and not by inviting their BFF to be a third wheel on their date. Okay, so now that you've been briefed, let's go ahead and recap, soldiers. The five reasons why a woman would bring a friend out on a date with the two of you are, number one, to help keep things platonic between you. She brings her friend as a human shield to block any potential romantic advances you might try to make. Number two, she brings a friend along with her for security and safety reasons because because she thinks of you as a stranger. But but somehow she does trust you enough to have brought a credit card with a high enough limit on it to pay for her meal and her friend's meal who are also two strangers to you too, by the way. <laughs> Number three, she brings a friend with her on a date to show out, to make herself look like that chick in front of her friend. She basically just wants to use you as a prop to boost her own ego in the eyes of her fan. Uh, I meant to say uh, her friend. Reason number four. Women will bring a friend with them on a date to act as a second set of eyes to look you over, to judge you, and to assess you in order to help them decide if you're good enough for them to keep around. And the fifth reason, reason number five, why a woman would bring a friend on a date with you is because she really, really likes you. 
she thinks you're so wonderful. You're so great of a catch that she just can't control herself. She can't keep you a secret all to herself. She has to tell the whole world about you, starting with the friend that she invited to your date just to beat you. So there you have it. But but one more thing about these bring a friend on a date scenarios. If you're in a situation where you're notified that this might happen with very little advance notice, as a general rule, as a general rule, I would recommend that you tell the woman that something has just come up on your end and you have to cancel. That way, that way, later on, if you determine that her motivations for springing a third person on a date with you were not whack, you will be better prepared and have more control should you decide to move forward with meeting with that particular woman again in the future. But if you suspect that the woman wants to bring a third person on your date for any reason other than that she's crazy about you, just cancel the date and think nothing of it. But on the flip side of that, if you get caught up in a trick bag and she just totally blindsides you by bringing some random friend on a date with you and there you all are together, then the only choices you have are to leave, make everybody pay Dutch, or just play it off by soldiering through by paying for everything. Take the L. Take the loss. Call it a night and just try to use it as a learning experience. And the next time, the next time, try to become better at recognizing early on as to when a woman might really be interested in you and when she's not. Victory Unlimited. Victory Unlimited. This is Jason from Tampa, Florida. I've been a fan and supporter of your show since mission number one, the Denzel Washington, Sidney Poitier Swagger Factor. When I first heard that show, it blew me away. I've never heard anything like that before or since. And I've been riding with you ever since. It's been a while. I've been missing your show, man. It's been a long while. Where have you been, soldier? We need you out here. For instance, I've recently been dating a woman for the past few months and things have been going pretty well, or so I thought. I already knew that she was a very assertive go-getter type of woman because we're both directors for companies in the digital streaming services industry. As she told me when I first met her at a streaming media conference, most of the day, all she does is tell people what to do, hold people to deadlines, and, and make sure that everyone meets the goals that she sets for them. And when we met, she said that was one of the things she liked about me. She said, since we both have the same business-oriented lifestyle, I understood her and that she felt comfortable relaxing, letting her hair down and, and just being my woman when the workday is over. Yeah, that's what she said then. But that was then. And this is now. I already knew that she was a feminist and all of that, but here lately, she has really been amping up the feminism to the extreme, to the point that she's letting her daytime business demeanor bleed over into our nighttime romantic relationship. And now it's no fun anymore. Most days, we wind up having arguments over little things. Damn near everything has become a power struggle between us. And now, she's pressuring me into taking the relationship to the next level. Now, she's asking me, when I'm going to step up to the plate and spend more time with her, when I'm going to 
step up to the plate and move in with her and when I'm going to step up to the plate and buy her an engagement ring. Now this all started off fun, but now it's turned into work and I'm not sure if I want this job she's trying to force me to take. To be honest, at first I thought all this strong woman stuff was cute, but I never thought she'd wind up turning that strength against me. So Victory, here's my question. How do you deal with a woman who has become hard to deal with? The views and opinions expressed by the host are not necessarily those endorsed by men too weak, too scared, or too brainwashed to speak their minds. Now, back to our program, The Victory Unlimited Show. How do you deal with a woman who's hard to deal with? The short answer is you don't, unless you absolutely positively have to. I mean, I mean, who would want to do that who didn't have to? But again, that's the short answer. But the long answer is, wait, wait, before we get into the long answer, I, I noticed I noticed something in your email here. Apparently, your lady's complaints are all centered around you not stepping up to the plate about something or another. You know, uh, you you ain't stepping up to the plate about this. You, you're not stepping up to the plate about that. So, he, so here's a question I had. Is she a baseball fan or uh, a little league coach or something? <laughs> because she sure likes to use a lot of baseball baseball analogies, doesn't she? So if by chance she's not, I need for you to do me a favor. Can you can you find out if she knows anything about baseball? Ask her something like uh, ask her who won the World Series last year. Ask her ask her what are RBIs? A ask her uh, a ask her something like what's Babe Ruth's nickname? And if she yells out uh, uh, the, the childish Gambino, then the next time she tells you you need to step up to the plate, then you tell her she better put some damn food on it. And don't say nothing else to you again about stepping up to any place until she can actually prove that she knows something about baseball. <laughs> you see, I you see, I found that usually when a feminist turns extreme feminist, you have to escalate things by becoming a macho chauvinist just to just to shock them back into reality just to recreate a sense of balance just to just to give them pause just to even the quote unquote playing field again <laughs> since we're all using sports analogies around here today <laughs> but anyway back on target back to the long answer of how to deal with a woman that's become hard to deal with if you so choose when you're dealing with a woman or anybody who's hard to deal with, you always have to come from a position of strength, not weakness. Forceful people usually only respect other people who also exude a kind of inner forcefulness. But when I say forceful, don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about physical force. I'm not talking about any form of verbal abusive force either. Here's some hardcore truth. People don't respect people who respect themselves. That's a myth. What people really respect, especially people in relationships, are people that aren't too afraid to show that they respect themselves in that relationship. So pause for a hot second and, and just think about the intel I just shared with you, that, that knowledge bomb I just dropped. And when you do, you'll see that the difference is subtle. 
but that difference is still major. And here's how this concept works. You show evidence to other people that you respect yourself by having a specific positive code of conduct that you live by. You also show evidence to other people that you respect yourself by showing respect for the other person while at the same time not allowing yourself to be disrespected in the process. And you show evidence to other people that you respect yourself by being willing and able to stand up for yourself when you know you're right and also being strong enough to walk away when you know you're being done wrong. Am I right about it? Yeah, 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 I think I'm right about it. <laughs> but let me get back serious here. The long and short of your situation is that you have a real problem here. And the origin of it is and the origin of it is probably that no one laid down the relationship rules of engagement at the beginning. And over time, the relationship has grown and metamorphosized into into this 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 two headed kaiju, this this, this two headed monster with no clear understanding of who's leading it, you or her. And so, since that was never really clearly defined, what we have here, what we have here is a fight for supremacy between the two of you. And despite what the politically correct Gestapo may say, there's no such thing as a completely equal relationship. Because when two people with two separate points of view reach a stalemate, somebody's going to have to have the authority to make the final decision. And for the relationship to continue to move forward, both people have to be in agreement as to who that tie-breaking partner is going to be. Because if you don't establish early on who this person is going to be, then this relationship is going to be far more of a power struggle than it is a partnership. And that person who should have assumed that leadership role should have been you, soldier. But the unfortunate thing is, unless you decide to be the man at the beginning, you're going to have an uphill battle establishing yourself as the man later on, which most of the time turns into a relationship extinction level event because overbearing aggressive masculinism versus overbearing aggressive feminism usually ends in mutually assured destruction because you're no longer working together at this point, but rather against each other. And that's why this battle has begun. Because now somebody's going to have to be trained. Somebody's going to have to bow down and somebody's going to have to start making some real compromises. But so far, it looks like it looks like the only one that's being asked to do that is you. This is why it's always best to be who you are and stay who you are at the beginning of the relationship. Then let the other person either accept or reject who you are early on rather than later on. And this would have eliminated any surprises. By the way, you know, one way that women or, or just people in general know that you're a man. They know this because when hard times come or a difficult choice needs to be made and you make that decision by putting your foot down and it don't move. That's one way for you and everybody else to know that you're a man. You understand me? You understand me? So all the way back to the original question you asked, 
How do you deal with a woman who has become hard to deal with? I would recommend that you ask yourself two questions. Number one, at the end of the day, is your life better or worse with her in it? And number two, what do you want in your life? What do you want in your life? A relationship that consistently increases your peace or a relationship that consistently leads to war? And however you choose to answer those questions will reveal to you what you need to do, soldier. Victory Unlimited. Hey, DU, this is Alex from NYC. I read an article a few weeks ago talking about how there's a new trend developing. Turns out that thanks to changes in today's dating culture, there's now almost just as many folks in their 30s and 40s and 50s even rushing into relationships and marriages as there are people who do this who are still in their teens and 20s. What's up with this? Are microwave relationships now the new norm? Is going all out by throwing all caution to the wind the best way to start a relationship these days? Uh-oh, here we go. Stand ready, on the alert all over the world. Against a hidden enemy, an enemy that can destroy morale, rob the soldier of the will to fight, and even trick him into surrendering. Enemy propaganda. It's a strange, shadowy world of the doctored photograph, the misquotation, the insinuation, and the lie. Now, some of this material to us is comical. Some of it is tragic. Some of it's weird. Some of it's dull. But all of it has the single purpose of selling discouragement and defeat. Alex. Thanks for your email. But as you can tell, the fact that my propaganda alert just went off, the questions you just asked me are, shall we say, a bit problematic. But I can tell you right now that the answer to your first question is yes. Yes, microwave romances are the new norm. But I submit this to you. Just because many may consider it normal doesn't just automatically make it so. In fact, I would say that it's not an accurate measure of sanity to be at home, at peace, and comfortable with insanity just because it's prevalent. <laughs> you, have to, you have to look at the fruits of a tree to determine if it's good, just like you have to look at the results of an action to judge whether it turned out to be a good thing to do or not. But regardless of all that, here we are, here we are in a culture where everything is moving at high speed. Style usually overpowers substance. Everybody is too busy and they have short attention spans. And of course, all this is the perfect environment for the rise of this accelerated affair phenomenon you wrote in about. Yeah, this this relationship now stuff is partially the reason why we see a lot of these relationship cycles lasting for shorter and shorter periods of time. Sure, there are always exceptions to the rule, but a lot of these relationships wind up being here today and, and gone today. Yes, the accelerated affair scenario is the stuff of legend. 
it's the go-to plot of a lot of books and movies and TV shows because it's always laced with a lot of passion and excitement. And that's great. We want that. We all want that. Gotta have that. Don't want to do without it. But it's just in the fantasy fictitious world of romantic comedies where that makes up the main ingredient of relationships and marriages. But that ain't all of the ingredients we find in relationships and marriages in the real world, in real life, is it? There's a there's a little something called the element of surprise that always seems to pop up, doesn't it? Surprise is a funny word because it's a loaded word. Surprise can be a good thing or a bad thing in the real world. In the real world, the unexpected can make or break any relationship, especially these microwave romances that you wrote in about. The hardcore truth is that there is wisdom in knowing someone really, really well before you enter into an exclusive relationship with them. It's usually a lot smarter to be able to take a good long look before you leap. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you already know what you're thinking. But VU, it's impossible to know everything about somebody before you get in deep with somebody or even before you marry somebody. And that's true. But you know what else is true? What's more true is that the best decisions are usually those that are made when you use both passion and reason. The best decisions are usually arrived at by using your heart and your mind. You should try to avoid this potential trap of feeling without thinking, just like you should avoid thinking without feeling too. Because in the real world, a relationship is like a ship. It's a vehicle that's always going somewhere. And in most successful romantic relationships, passion might fire the engine, but rational thought is what we use to steer it. That's how we increase our chances of keeping it on course, as opposed to letting it smash into the rocks. You understand? Our knowledge of who we are, who the other person is, and being able to get to know each other's relationship agenda are all of paramount importance when it comes to this relationship success or failure that I'm talking about. And the primary element that you need to determine this is time. That's right. You want to have time on your side, not working against you. The character and compatibility of the two people who meet will determine what kind of relationship they can have and or how long that particular relationship might last. You see, you see, we get to know the people we're dating by the quality and quantity of the repeated exposures we have to them. And the more consistent that contact is that you have with them, the better. You, you can't really get to know somebody by dating them once a month or, or once a year or, or whenever the hell the next time you two might see each other. You can't get to know anybody like that. Not really. You can't do it because it can't be done. Maintaining some kind of dating consistency is important. Otherwise, that just makes it easier for both of you to put on an act whenever you do get together, rather than being your authentic selves. That's right. It's easier for you to believe in how somebody might be advertising themselves to you as opposed to getting to know what they really have to offer you. Somebody could be somebody could be sweet to you in the morning, bitter to you in the afternoon and and turn into your arch enemy by that same evening. Spending a routine amount of time with somebody during the dating phase is the best way to get a good judge of who they are and what they have to offer. 
Otherwise, there's there's no telling how many wrong ideas you can get about somebody when you're operating off, quote unquote, low information. Because if you do this, you might find yourself winding up in a Rodney Dangerfield type situation. <laughs> you, you, you know, the one, you know, that joke he had about that joke he had about being hungry in the middle of the night. And, and he went to the little 7-Eleven type convenience store to try to get him a bag of chips or something to eat. So he got in his car and uh, when he drove up, he, he saw all the lights were still on in the place. And, and the guy working there was still standing there behind the counter at the cash register. But when Rodney grabbed the door handle to go in, it was locked. So he yells, hey, buddy, what's going on? Why is the door locked? And the guy says, sorry, we're closed. Then Rodney says, closed? But it says right here on the door that you're open 24 hours. And then the guy says back, yeah, but not in a row. <laughs> okay. But anyway, what I'm saying here is, romantically speaking, it's better to be pretty sure that whoever you're talking about hooking up with exclusively is going to consistently be the same person that they're portraying themselves to be all 24 hours of a day in a row. <laughs> instead of always, instead of always having to be guessing how they're going to be acting towards you from one moment to the next. I mean, I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you see the person you're with, you want to be able to ask, how are you today? Instead of, who are you today? <laughs> because if you have to ask them, who are you today? Then you got a problem, son. But to wrap this up, to wrap this all up, let me say this. The difference between two people just coming together and two people sticking together is how much they know about each other and how much they like about what they know and are continuing to learn about each other. Or to put it another way, romantically speaking, there are things known and things unknown. And in between are the doors. And the way to bridge that knowledge gap between two people is to open those doors. And the only set of master keys available that'll allow you to unlock those doors of relationship revelation are in the hands of time. The best defense against enemy propaganda is truth. The soldier who understands how enemy propaganda works is forewarned and forearmed. In this knowledge lies his strength. Show.com.